Hello and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker and we are here with Donna Otto. And for the next couple days, we're going to be talking about um, organizing. Who doesn't love organizing, (laughs) reorganizing the time of year when all of the things come home from the kids and just clutter and getting yourself ready for summer, for a peaceful summer. So today she's going to be teaching us from Secrets to Getting More Done in Less Time, the book she wrote I don't even know. How many prints has it been now, Donna? Oh, I don't know. I can't keep up with it. (laughs) Really, that book came out in its first edition in 1985. Mm. Good night, nurse. I'm not that old, am I? Mm. No. Nothing. (laughs) She's sitting across from me, my dear friends who are listening. She knows exactly how old I am. You know, I was thinking of something just a second ago, Leah, You end our show by saying the common begin and the uncommon finish. Mm. That phrase is what got me to organization. Mm. So I must start with a little history by saying I was a mess, a wreck. I couldn't find my keys at least three times a day. I piled papers. I had no organizational systems. I ran the house. It almost always looked neat, but underneath it was the bowels of the house were stirring and erupting and costing me so much time. So three things happened. The first thing that happened was I had the pleasure of being um, a dear friend, relationally, to Elizabeth Elliot, who is now gone. And uh, she was a powerful woman, a powerful teacher, Her story was powerful. Look her up on the website and find out lots of things about her. She was personally in my life, and she said these words with her very long, pointy finger. And she said, if you don't find order, Dotto, that's what she called me, Mm. you will not find God's will. Mm. And I honestly, I can still remember sort of the rolling inside of me. Like, I kept my disorder pretty hidden. And I thought, how does she know? How did she find out? I think I was so young at the time, I wondered if maybe she had some, you know, fifth eye on the back of her head. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was that phrase, the common begin and the uncommon finish. And that was a conversation I was having with my husband, like about life. Uh, We were young. And I was thinking, I want to do something in life. And we came to this uncommon something. But I came to the fact that I was very common. And how can common people do uncommon things? And I still remember that conversation. I have goosebumps thinking about it. Because it isn't about being uncommon. It's about doing common things well. Everybody, not everybody, but the majority of people in the world parent. It's a very common thing. Are all parents uncommon? No. You take this common thing that everybody does, keeping a house, going to the grocery store, sending a letter, paying your bills. These are very common things. You make them uncommon by doing them in an organized, efficient way, which did what? It gave you opportunity to... um, Do the things that you really deeply desire to do. I can't tell you how many young women still say to me, the thing I want to do most is to be a good wife and a good mother. Mm. Like, 
Leah, you're nodding your head because you're in that age yet. I, you know, I'm still a married woman. I still want to be a good wife to my dear husband for as long as we have together. And so the common begin and the uncommon finish, and we do use it at every ending of our show because um, it's life-changing, and it certainly was life-changing for me. And then the, the third thing that happened was I finally got organized. Like, man, was I proud of myself. I, I honestly, if I can look back, and I can't, it's 45 years ago, I would say that I was kind of a braggadocious about it because it was such an extremity. I went from the slovenliness to this organizational way, so I was kind of showing off about it, I'm quite sure. But I got a telephone call from Thomas Nelson Publishing, and there was a guy on the end of the phone who literally, I said to my husband, Oh, he just wanted to sell me something, I could tell. And he said, well, you were kind of rude to him. And I said, well, I, I didn't mean to be rude, but I'm just not interested. And then my husband said, well, what was he asking me? I said, he was calling me and asking me if I would write a book about an organization and come to Nashville and sign a contract. And I said, I know, I don't want to write a book. I'm not a book writer, why not? And the only thing my husband said was, why don't you just consider it? Now, I had the guy's name and number, and I did plan in a couple of days to call him back, but he beat me to it. He called me the next day. He said, I was kind of pushy about that. How about I fly out and meet you? By that time, I think um, it was written in concrete that I was to do this book on organization. Again, I, I'm sorry for those of you who have a dream in your heart about publishing a book. Thousands of women have interfaced with me through the years, men and women who dream about writing a book, and I was not one of them. But the Lord has blessed the work of my hands, and nine books later, here I am. So we are talking from a book that I wrote, the very first book in New Editions. It's now called The Secrets to Getting More Done in Less Time. Today I want to talk about 30 ways to declutter. Because in that book, I talk about everything from kitchen to bathroom to paper to storage. I, there isn't a subject that you want to organize that's not there. But this list of 30 ways to declutter is not in that book. And the thing that I want to remind you about is there are two kinds of women listening, two kinds of women sitting in this studio today. One who, who wants to be organized. Like, they want to be organized. And the other one, who does not want to be organized and resists it, and we all end up in the same place. We need some systems, some tools to help us do it without being a show-off, do it without wasting all of your time polishing and making certain every spot is off the floor, or do it in a way that doesn't leave clutter. So let's start with a phrase. And here's the phrase that will help you declutter. Two kinds of households, one that's very cluttery and one that's not very cluttery. The not very cluttery one is usually dirty. That means the floor is dirty, the dust is on, the, the mirror has smudges. The one that's messy um, or reverse is, is um, so the girl who keeps her house really clean, she doesn't care about the clutter, doesn't mm -hmm. even notice it. And the girl who doesn't has clutter everywhere. No, has a very neat way of keeping the clutter. So you really pick first. Are you a clutter or are you not clutter? Then you know what you need. I was a clutter. Put it down, just leave it there. So 
Many years ago, this phrase became a way of life in our household. My husband's sister, who recently died, um, lost her husband at a very young age, and she and her three children came to Arizona, and they moved in with us, and I went from one child in the house to four children in the house. We had plenty of space for them, but I wasn't accustomed to four children. I wasn't accustomed to seven at the table. So what happened first was teaching the children that you had to put it back where you got it from. That was a sentence everyone memorized. Put it, what do you mean I don't know where it's going? Where did you get it? Where did you get it, Tom? Where did you pick this up? Uh, the, uh, he couldn't remember sometimes. But when they got into it, that phrase, put it back where you got it from, will cut your clutter problem in half. Mm. Because people pick it up, the scissors. They pick up the scissors out of the drawer where you put them, and they're finished cutting, and they leave them right wherever they were cutting. Put it back where you got it from. If you force yourself to do that and enforce it on the children, you'll save clutter galore. Now, these few tips I'm going to give you will follow up with that umbrella. Discover why you have the clutter. Is there not enough time? You can't part with something because you have emotional attachments to everything. Or maybe you have poor decision-making skills. Any one of those three things will cause you to have clutter. I'll say them again. You don't have enough time. You can't part with something because that letter is so dear and wonderful and you know you should put it in the trash can because in the end you're going to find it someplace and put it in the trash can anyway. And the last one, you're poor at making decisions. What helps about getting organized is the decisions are already made and all you have to do is follow up on them. Two, keep your surface spaces clean. That's where clutter happens. Oh, you see that table over there? There's nothing on it. So let's leave something on it. Let's leave our apple core or the book I'm reading or the glass I was drinking out of or even the coaster that I put the glass on. Keep your surface spaces clean. Help your family to understand that you expect the surface spaces to be clean. Discard things. We talk about closet organization in the book. We're not going to do it today, but I can still remember the person who helped me organize my closet. I said to her, now I want you to let me pull everything out that I hold near and dear, and all you have to say to me is dump it. It's a dog. That's all you have to say. And I can still remember the gray dress that I had such wonderful memories about. She said, dump it, it's a dog. And it was, it was old, I was never going to wear it again. Four, get the stuff you need to declutter. Make sure you have some file folders, some containers, some boxes, some ways to organize the stuff you want to store and organize the things you use every day in every way. Dishes and plates and silverware and pots and pans. Use labels, especially if you have children at home. If you have young children at home, use color-coded labels, just color-coded. Yellow things go on this shelf, blue things go on that shelf. If they're old enough to read, then have labels that say, what shelf it goes on, where it goes. Use it simple. Keep it simple and color code for young children. And my husband used to say, tell her the guys could use color coding too. I'm not saying that my husband said that. 
Now, I mentioned already, which I'm going to say about five times in the next 15 minutes, put it back where you got it from. Key ingredient. If you buy one, throw the other one out. Did you hear me? If you buy one, throw the other one out. And you say to yourself, well, what about shoes? Or what about purses? Yeah, what about? How many of you can honestly go into your closet now and say, every pair of shoes you have in that closet, you know you're going to wear again somewhere, sometime soon? Probably not. But if you buy one, throw one out. If you get in the habit of saying, I bought a new pair of shoes, why did I buy a new pair of shoes? They're casual, they're tennies, they're dressies, they're boots. Go to your closet and get rid of one you already have. Stay focused. The way to see a problem is to watch for the problem. Give yourself some time every day, in every day of your life, to organize things, to put it back to declutter it. Sometimes my husband and I come home after a meeting out and it's late and we've got files and books and stuff, attache cases. Sometimes we leave it right on the kitchen table because it's late. But in the morning, in the morning, every day, there's a time in our day that we walk through the house. Is there something out of place? One little thing. Did I leave a cup on the patio? We live in Arizona. We have a big front patio. We have a big back patio. There are a lot of places to leave an empty water bottle. I'm drinking it and reading it, and I pick up my book, and I forget the bottle. So once a day, every day, is that 9 o'clock in the morning for you or middle of the day? Is it when you get home from work? Is it assigned to one of the kids in your family? But every day. Take a time to go through it and make sure it stays focused. Ditch the junk mail. Uh, Leah and I were talking about paper and paper order as we began this show today. And she reminded me that um, we don't get as much paper as we used to get, even her children. Mm. Do they bring home, like, test scores on that? Nothing. No. So how do you know whether they got an A plus or a C? It's all online. So you go every day and check online. I check on, they each, they, they're in two different schools. Each school has an app that you go into the app and you check and it highlights if they're missing assignments or how they did on their last test. And I've asked them, how do they know how they've done on the test? Because tests don't come home anymore. So I can't help them with anything anymore. They have to ask the teacher to see the test. Interesting. Yeah. So then they're more responsible. You would hope. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say that. We're hoping that's the end result. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes it's a, yeah, mom, I asked. And then they keep moving on. And then I flunk that exam. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think um, the junk mail is less, but I still know there are a lot of flyers, a lot of... I get more catalogs now than I've ever gotten, and I'm not a catalog shopper. There may be one or two catalogs I ever order things from, but get rid of that junk mail. Uh, Unsubscribe as often as you can on your computer. I find, and I've never been, uh, I've never kept a list of this, I kind of wish I would, uh, that I have often have to go more than once to unsubscribe. They do not take, now I know by law they have to, but who's going to follow up on them and all of that? So uh, unsubscribe as often as you can. Um, Know thyself. When is it you have the least and most energy? Mm. A lot of people have the most energy at 9.30 at night. At 9.30 at night, I, I really think I'm, I'm getting ready for bed for sure. But at 5.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning, I have 
powie wowie energy. So know yourself. Don't put something on yourself that you're not going to be able to do that you'll regret and feel bad about yourself. Uh, don't be tempted by things that come across your desk. You attend something and it sounds like fun and you say, I have time for that. I really want to do that. That's important. I Don't be tempted by those things. Recognize that what you're doing in this school year is all you can do. Maybe next school year you can add something to that. Uh, start with a spot that drives you the craziest. If you want to declutter, what makes you crazy first? A lot of people don't even notice this, but you know what makes me crazy first is my garage. When I drive my car into the garage, and I am very blessed to have a garage, I know that um, we haven't always had a garage. We didn't even always have a carport, but we have a garage. When I drive into my garage, I see stuff that's, you know, somebody took it from the house and left it on the counter over there. That makes me crazy. So what's your spot? The bathroom, the closet, the kitchen, the dining room table, which we don't eat at very often, but it's piling up books and whatever. So know what your spot is and make sure that you keep that one organized. Establish places for the rest of the family's stuff. Don't expect them to create that. Like where do the car keys go? You and your husband should agree. Where do the dirty clothes go? When your children start driving, where do the keys go? Where does the mail go? Where do the magazines go? Where do the long-playing records go? Where do records that we keep to keep accountable for taxes and whatever? Where establish places where they can go, and you'll be more willing to go and put it there. Now, I know that in the days that I first started talking about organization, we talked on the telephone a lot. And I remember thinking, we should not talk on the phone so much. But I tell you what, this generation talks on the phone way more than we ever did with our long extension cords and headphones and all the things we had. Watch how much you use the telephone. And I say that because decluttering is a part of decluttering yourself. And if you're trying to get in five phone calls in the next 15 minutes to get all that stuff off, you're going to come in um, anxious. Encourage yourself when you say, I've done the small thing, good job, well done. Be sure that you're willing to say that to yourself. And look every day for tomorrow's new day, a new beginning. It's never too late to begin. It's never too late to begin. And if you're like I was, I was a beginner, a beginner, a beginner. I started and stopped and started and stopped, and I got so discouraged. But if you keep at it, it will become a habit that you will not want to give up. Don't let yourself go to bed without tidying up. Now, for you who have children at home uh, <clears throat> who want to leave the last minute out, I really do recommend the the weekly box basket system. Uh, they can leave it on the floor if they want to. But you're going to bed after them, and if they left it on the floor, it's yours for the next week. My same nephew, who I was talking about a minute ago, he had three pair of shoes. Three pair of shoes when he moved into our house. And he would not stop leaving his shoes, size 11s, in the middle of the living room floor where we watch television. I said, Tom, I told his mom, I said, help. finally, 
we instigated the box because we had more kids. And I said, if I find it, I'm putting, oh, he didn't believe me, Aunt Donna, he was my, I was a soft touch for him. First night he lost the first pair of shoes, second night he lost the third, second pair of shoes, fourth night he lost the third pair of shoes. Fifth day was a school day. He had no shoes. Now his mother was not in the house at that time. She'd gone on a trip. And I don't know if she'd let me get away with this, but I did it. I said, Tom, I'm really sorry, but if you don't have any shoes, you can't go to school. Is that right? Well, are you going to write me a note? I said, no, I think you'll write the note. And he had to write a note that the other kids took to school that said, I left my shoes after being told, and I have no shoes to wear today. He never did it again, girls. And I know that's extreme, but sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to take one extreme act, okay? Some places that get messy easy. The makeup drawer, the file folders. You thought you needed all those medical records and they can be tossed. Toys for the next generation. Toys that you think this is still sturdy and maybe my grandchildren or when the nieces come or the neighbor's kids come over. Just, just be careful that you don't keep too much of that stuff around. Take a shopping boycott. Tell yourself, I won't buy anything new until I put a house in order. You're trying to declutter. These are hints to help you declutter. And I promise you, if you're a shopper and bring home things ah, that you don't necessarily need, it's okay if you can afford it and you can do it, it's fine. But if you're trying to declutter, then take a shopping boycott until you have the place in order. Um, this is um, helping your children a little bit. My daughter loved to look at things. Like she would say, Mom, you want to go shopping? And my answer was always no. Mom, what you want to go looking around, which she always wanted to do, and so I would do with her. But I, I helped her understand that even if she could afford to buy something, was she sure she wanted to take it home and take care of it, which meant finding a place to store it or putting it away when you were through with it. So remember that for yourself. Remember that newspapers, magazines, and catalogs pile up, have a system for that. We talk about that in the book on how to do it. Um, give away your tchotchkes. Oh, I am so convinced that most of us save our tchotchkes because we have an emotional attachment to them, and that's very good. Don't throw them all away. If your grandmother gave you 40 pieces of something and you feel like you have to keep them because you have to remember your grandmother, I promise you, if you keep one and you've had good relationships going on, you'll remember your grandmother. So watch out for your tchotchkes. Watch out for, I have a young friend who loves stemware. Every time someone's getting rid of her stemware, she wants to know if she can have it. And so eventually she got in trouble and we organized. It was just because she loved the item so much, but she didn't have space for it. Another declutterer is a feather duster. I know what you're going to say, but a feather duster just blows the dust all around some more. Yes, in part it does, but it keeps a space, a surface space, neat. And when you're decluttering and suddenly you have a lot of spaces that are noticeable, you'll notice the dust more. So get a little feather duster. If you have young children, they'll love doing it for you. Remember that this is decluttering things that we see commonly. Don't forget you have closets, cupboards, cabinets that are all what we call active storage. 
your cupboard for dishware and glasses and cups and saucers is active storage. You're using it every day in every way. Remember that you can't just load it up. Lastly, books. Oh, I guess I always put it last because I love books. If anyone ever said I was a book addict, I'd have to agree. I am. I've given books more than I could imagine. I uh, My first gift choice is always a book. I can't tell you how many books we own. We have bookcases in every sh- every room of our newest house. We had bookcases in every room in our old house. Now, do we use those books? We do. We don't own one book that we don't use or give away or recommend to someone. So for us, the space we give up in our home for books is worth it because my husband and I both love books. But we don't like books that mound up on the coffee table in the living room where we lay on a sofa and read them. That's the decluttering part. Well, this is a short, brief, quick, not expanded way of decluttering. Just remember the phrase, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Mm -hmm. That means what you need to be doing today is taking any one of these decluttering hints and begin. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I think it's always so good to remember just those simple things. Just put it back where you got it. Like we were talking about before, I have a 15-year-old and I've been teaching him this for years, and it still hasn't stuck. So I'm still waiting, but we're not giving up yet. We are okay, not giving up. We, we talked about that. Yeah. So what do you think you haven't done? I've done the actual take away his things until Monday, and that didn't really work. He didn't care. He didn't care. Okay. He just kept going on and going on and going on until it became more of a punishment for me than him <laughs> at a certain point. Yes. yes. Um, I I just, at this point, it's just, you will not until you, whatever it is, you will not do, you won't go to practice, you won't go until you pick up your things. Come back stairs and get it again. And I'm just, I have one 12-year-old who gets it. She does it willingly and easily, and he just does, I feel like we've come at it at every angle, and he's just not, I mean, he's the kid that takes off his shoes and leaves them in front of the fridge. It's like the disappearing man has walked through my house. There's shoes in front of the fridge, shorts on the sofa, t-shirt by the back door, socks on the stairs. I don't know why he undresses as he walks through the home, but he does it every day. And every day I say, come get your clothes. And And he has to come and get them. So is that the most you've ever done? He's had no penalties for doing that. No, he does. Like what kind of penalties? He loses loses Privileges. privileges. Yeah. So what does he love the most? Um, being with his friends. Okay, so that's the thing you have to take away. Yeah. No, you don't have to. You don't have to say I'm gonna take it away. You just have to take it away because now he's proven to you that he he's trained you is what he's done because he's gonna do it anyway. Then you're gonna make him come back and do it. He doesn't mind that. It doesn't bother him. <laughs> but you, you ask what? Why does it doesn't bother him? That's... So what you have to take away and this this is a true story. A woman asked me a similar question. And I asked her the same question. What does he love the most? And you know what she said? It was a girl. What does she love the most? Books, reading. Mm. And I said, well, take away your books. She said, 
She's 11. Reading is good for her. I said, well, then it's not very important what you're trying to train her to do. Because we get this thing if it's something that's good for them. Yes. Friends are good for them. Yes. Books are good for them. We don't. But the training is better for them. Mm. And I'm going to, shall we make a little wager? <laughs> if you decide to do it, let me know. Okay. We'll make a little wager and then remind me to tell the audience how okay. it came out. Okay. Thanks, okay. Leah. That's great. Sounds good. Uh, well, if you've enjoyed today's teaching, uh, come back, I think, on Thursday, or this is Thursday, on Tuesday, <laughs> we'll have another lesson regarding uh, decluttering an organization. And the book is always available on our website, Secrets to Getting More Done. We've linked it here in the podcast, as well as a link to some video teaching uh, about cleaning out the clutter. So lots of resources for you on our website. So we are modern homemakers, and remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out today and make it uncommon by decluttering your space and your life. Thanks.